Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, it's the week before Christmas, and it's an exciting time as we celebrate the birth of the Lord. And I couldn't think of anyone better to sit down with me and discuss the characters of the Christmas story with than Dr. Sam Chand. Welcome, Dr. Sam Chand. So good to have you with us here at this time. It is a joy to be here, especially at the advent of our Lord, and to celebrate His coming so that we could be who we are in Him. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this program. I think we're going to have fun as we chat, and we're going to look at what we call the usual suspects of Christmas. But what I thought I'd call the discussion as we kick off today is, what impact does Christmas have on you? Because we're going to look at the nine characters in the Christmas story and the different impact it had on each of them. And maybe you can identify with some of them and go, that's me. That's the kind of impact Christmas has on me. And at the end of the discussion, we're going to hand back to the lead pastors who are going to give you an opportunity to respond to the coming of Christ and to an opportunity to receive salvation. But I was thinking about the funny responses to Christmas, you know, the impact that it has on us now, and especially with all the shopping and all the goings on. And they say the impact Christmas can have on you is it can last all year, especially if you put your gifts on the credit card. (laughs) And then there's that famous story, the 12th day of Christmas. I came across a funny one, and it, it says on the 12th day of Christmas, my littlest love gave to me 12 dogs are leaping, 11 cats are creeping, (laughs) 10 fingers gripping, 9 toes tripping, 8 drinks spilling, 7 glasses filling, 6 friends and things, 5 telephone rings, 4 crayoned walls, 3 loud calls, 2 kisses free, and 1 mother up a pear tree. (laughs) (laughs) The impact of Christmas, a busy time, a shopping time, but a very important time because the Lord made himself known. Now, we're going to look at the nine characters of Christmas, but we're going to focus right at the end on Simeon. And I want to read the text about Simeon, which we'll come back to later, and then we'll kick off with the nine characters. Luke chapter 2, and reading from verse 25 to 35, it tells us, Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised. Now dismiss your servant in peace. He was ready to die. He said, For mine eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, this child is destined to uh, to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Quite a powerful passage. 
the coming of the Messiah, the troubles that his parents would face when Jesus would be crucified, but an important response to Christmas. But let's kick off today with the, the impact that it had on Mary as the mother of Jesus. I mean, pretty amazing. What impact uh, did Christmas have on her? You know, I always think about Mary as uh, that young lady, uh, church scholars and uh, theologians tell us she's probably a teenager, and she has this angelic visitation. Amazing. It's, it's got to be amazing. I mean, we here have read the Bible. We know about angelic visitations from the scriptures. For her, it was like out of the blue. And I, I'm kind of intrigued with how she broke the news to her family. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And who is it? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> and, 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 and you can see the parents saying, sure, who was it? And she's like, I don't know. And the perplexity and yet the recognition at the same time. And I think I, even in my, you know, I've been in church all my life. My father was a pastor. And I'm always trying to recon, uh, reconcile what I don't understand to the reality Mm. I'm still working through all of that. Mm. And so at her age and stage, for her to reconcile her perplexity to the definite certain word from the angel mm. had to be just incomprehensive for a young lady like her. But mm. that's why she was chosen. And, and she said to the angel, how can this be? And I think for some people, when they hear about Christmas, I think their, their responses are the same. How can this be? Mm -hmm. God becomes a baby. Mm -hmm. How can this be? And it's pretty amazing that God, God trusted his son as a baby. And God was so secure that he said, I'll send my son as a baby. You know, a cow could have trod on him in that, in that stall, in that, uh, in that shed. And yet this amazing event starts with a baby. Mary must have been amazed. And, and a helpless baby, a baby that's dependent uh, so God's son is dependent on his creation. Mm. And I think the, the whole story of understanding how he came, not as a full-blown adult, but he lived the life yes. through his entire years, you know, till the age of 30 when he came out for the ministry. And the whole notion of how do we comprehend that God mm. who made himself in our likeness, the creator became the creation. Mm. And that is incomprehensible as well. Mm. Quite wonderful though, as Hebrews says, that he was made just like us and suffered temptations like us. And that's why he can relate to us. That's right. And be our high priest. Probably the second character in the story, as we all know, is Joseph. Mm. And Joseph's kind of, when you read Luke's gospel, uh, it's interesting how it's kind of like he discreetly wants to divorce her. So the impact on him was, well, this is a strange event can I just kind of move on? And can I just kind of forget this? And I think some people, when Christmas comes, they're like, okay, you're celebrating it. It's a strange thing to me. Can I just move on with my life? Can I continue with the holidays? Kind of like a neutral. He was kind of like that. Hey? He was like, well, if God's done this with Mary, God's, it's a strange thing that God has done. Uh, I think I'll just move on. Mm. Joseph is my hero in the story. He is. Eh? <laughs> you know, because uh, as a husband, I put myself into that that realm, because Mary heard firsthand from the angel, firsthand. Mm. Joseph had a dream, and uh, he had this whole thing about secondhand thing. Mm. So and in this entire story, Mary is the only one who knows, 
that it was an immaculate conception. That she has not been with a man in the natural scheme of things. Mm. Joseph had to take other people's words for it. And yet, what an honorable man he was. Mm. That even though it was so out of the realm of understanding, he was obedient to God. And then he took care of her mm. as a gentleman and how he bes remained beside her. And so Joseph is my hero who had a vicarious invitation to the Christmas story. It's almost like she gets the, as you say, the first-hand revelation. Mm -hmm. And he's almost like us. We read, we read the scriptures and That's get right. another revelation. That's right. And either we can ignore it, like, uh, you know, and say, well, this is a strange thing and move on mm -hmm. with our lives, which many people do at Christmas. They view it as the holidays. And, uh, but he embraces that revelation and stands with her and quite a wonderful thing. And especially according to Levitical law, he had every light, right to he did. put her aside. He did. He had ev every legal aspect was on his side. Mm. And yet he chose to let all that be overridden by what he heard from heaven. Mm. And you know, there are people in our world right now who might be hearing things that, that don't make sense. And yet it's like, yeah, but that has to be God. And obedience in the middle of perplexity is what sets you apart from knowing that he loves you enough to speak to you like that. They say that we go through three stages uh, at, at, at Christmas time. Uh, you know, we, we, we start out believing in Santa Claus as kids, and then we, we get become a bit cynical at Christmas time. We don't believe in that anymore. And then they say we get older and we become Santa Claus. And that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we dress up for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yes, we do. But the third character here, and probably the most amazing, and as we talk about all this, um, these were Gentiles, non-believers. Uh, the shepherds were the third group that were impacted and were amazed, and, you know, Christmas had an impact on them. Yeah, shepherds uh, were people who were the lowest of the low, in society, they were held in such low esteem that they were not allowed to be witnesses in court, for example. Uh, they, they had no recourse, they were the lowest of the low. So when I read this Christmas story, I see how God in his eternal plan revealed the, the birth to those who were rich, those who were poor, those who were Jews, those who were Gentiles, those who had whole lives like you read from Simeon, and we're going to get back to that, and then those who had broken lives. Uh, I'm really intrigued by what I call the grandmothers of Christmas, mm. grandmothers of Christmas. So, you know, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 1, the first 16 verses are so-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and we always skip over all of that and Jesus, you mm, know. Mm. But in there are four ladies mentioned in the, in the genealogy. There is Tamar, number one. There is Rahab. There is Ruth. And there is Bathsheba. The four. And here's the important thing to re recognize about them. All four of them, none of them were Jews. That's right. All four of them were Gentiles. 75% yeah. of these ladies had sexually immoral lives. That's right. And 100% of them had broken lives, suffered tra tragedy in their lives. So back to the shepherds, God did not just come for the up and upward. Mm. He came for at least people like me who were outside the covenant, mm. Gentiles who had to be grafted in. And to me, that's, an, that's why we are here on this uh, 
in this broadcast saying, hey, there's a reason, and that's how it impacted us. Yes. So your opening question was, Pastor Andre, how does Christmas impact you? I want to tell you, had it not been for Christmas, you and I would not be having that's this conversation. That's right. That's so true. And he came for people like us, broken people, people in need, people who weren't in high status in society. And, uh, and you revealed, the Christ child was revealed to them. And the whole of heaven sang, and the angels must have been astounded. Sometimes think, people think Christmas is for someone else, but it's for everyone. And, and, and I think there might be people listening to us right now who might be... Uh, uh, de-emphasizing themselves, or they think, say things like, I'm just a shepherd. Yes. I am just a whatever comes. And, and God is saying to us, no, you're not just a, I sent my son for you. Mm. Uh, when Beautiful. you were minding your business out in the field, totally unaware of what's going on, I showed myself to you. I sent the choir for you. And, and, and I think for people like us, it is so important to know we were not the ones with the hope, but God infused hope into us, yes. and that's how it impacted us at Christmas time. Quite wonderful, eh? Mm. And obviously, we get to the wise men, the fourth group of people that we talk about. The wise men are are, are the ones who looked, searched for Jesus. You know, the, the, the shepherds were, were suddenly struck by this choir of angels, but the wise men sought. They looked for the star, they, they traveled, they heard about it, they followed the prophecies. Then they came and worshiped and gave him gifts. And, Probably to me, the wise men are the, are the believers today who constantly look at that marker, the star, if you like, the marker in history. And, um, and then we, we worship him at Christmas. We make a big thing of it and we bring our gifts. And, you know, there's that whole thing today where we shouldn't celebrate Christmas. Um, funny enough, they, they say there's like a war on Christmas. Some Christians believe there's a war on Christmas. But they did some stats and some studies that show only 3% of people who shop in, in department stores are offended at Christmas decor, the mm. tree and everything. Only 3%. Mm. So celebrating Christmas, I think, is a very important thing. The wise men celebrated it by bringing gifts, and it had a big impact on them. And for me, if we don't celebrate it, it'll get lost. Absolutely. And I love the wise men because, of course, we don't know if there were three or 15. That's right. You yes. know, we just gave that three because there are three gifts that yes. were brought there. And the other reason I like the wise men is history says one of them might have been from India. So, uh -huh. you know, I mean, we've been. They were from the East. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we can extrapolate it to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for all of my Indian friends, I want them to know. We may not be wise men, we may be wise guys. <laughs> and, and, and the interesting thing is that they are torn between the supernatural and what makes sense to them. Yes. What made sense to them was this king is probably born in a palace. And the question in my mind is always, what happens if your star leads you to a stable? I think a lot of believers especially uh, sometimes are looking for God to show up in this area here. Mm. And he sometimes takes us to other places, uh, places that we had not thought about, mm. had not comprehended. And I think that's a challenge between the supernatural and the natural. Yes. But the, but the wise, wise men teach us that we come to him unashamedly. Yes. And we bring our gifts to him. And I think at this time, especially in the world we're living in where... People want to celebrate the gift side and the commercial side of Christmas yes. with divorcing it from the real essence of Christmas, which is yes. Jesus coming to save us, who, we who are lost. I think we have to say, no, no, Christmas is about Jesus the Christ. Yes. 
who became that baby who lived, died for us and coming back for us. Yes. And that is the story of Christmas. If you think of them coming from the East, the most profound thing is they left a proliferation of idols mm. to find the person, so God's good. son. So and they good. knew that. That's right. And so the impact on them was there's no longer these strange, vague uh, ideas about who God is. We found him who is the Christ, the Messiah. And that's why they worshipped him as king, put him in his, in, in his rightful place, and brought him such lavish gifts. And it's quite profound as, as they journeyed. Uh, to me, it speaks of also the impact Christmas can have on you is if you're searching and looking, you'll discover him. And, and it's interesting that after they saw Jesus, and because of Herod the king's threat, it says, and they went back another way. Yes, that's and right. I, and I tell you, Profound, eh? yeah, once you see Jesus, you will not go back the same way. That's right. Your life will be different. Yes. Your lifestyle will be different. Your way of thinking will be different. You'll go back another way. And mm. I think that going back another way is an example of how God is transformative in our lives. Yes. And, and a visit with him, that newborn baby, even though you bring the gifts, you cannot be the same. Yes. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yes. Well, I wonder today as we talk to you, maybe you're sitting in the meetings across our campuses and you're wondering about Christmas. Well, maybe like the wise men, Christ will have an impact on you. And when you leave this meeting today, you will go home by another way and will have received the revelation that Jesus Christ is not just a baby, not just another religion, but he is the King of Kings and the Lord of lords the fifth character here and i find him quite intriguing is herod mm. herod the great mm. and the impact christmas had on him is interesting because i think it does that to some people he was threatened christmas is a threat you can ignore jesus and you can ignore christianity but at christmas time your relatives and family force you to confront him and it's like going to a funeral you're, mm. you're confronted with death you're confronted with life and I think a lot of people are threatened because Herod is this king and now there's another king on the scene. Mm. Not, another, not another religion. Herod mm. would have laughed at that because mm. there were religions everywhere. Mm -hmm. But a king was coming. Mm. And uh, that's why he sought, out, sought to kill him. Uh, chat a bit about that, uh, Dr. Sam. You know, I find Herod in my life. There's a Herod in my life. Jesus will not settle for partial rulership. Yes. Jesus will, he wants total takeover. <laughs> it's all or nothing. Mm. Either you're in or you're out. Mm. And somehow there's this Herod in my life who does not want to be dethroned. So true. He's willing to share his throne with Jesus. But those, those it's like, okay, Lord, I will give you out of 10 things, I'll give you eight. But these two things are mine. Yes. And it's the, the Herod in my life that I have to constantly know that he's threatened by the lordship of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, it reminds me of uh, when uh, Peter's in Joppa seeing the vision of the, of the animals descending, ascending. And he says to the, the voice, which is the Lord's voice saying, rise, eat, kill, and eat. And he says, diametrically opposed words. He yeah. says, not so, comma, Lord. Lord, that's right. Now, Lord. how can you say, yes. not so, 
Lord. to somebody who's Lord. Mm. And I want to say to you, Pastor Andre, I struggle. You know, I was saved at the age of seven, filled with the Holy Spirit. I've, I've loved Jesus all my life. But I, I still have that struggle mm. when the carnality rises, when somebody says something wrong about me, when somebody uh, abuses me, when somebody does me wrong. Mm. And the Herod <laughs> wants to rise up. Huh? Such a good analogy. Yes, yeah, it's so true. yeah. And, and I think uh, he wants to dethrone and I, I struggle with that, Herod. Maybe people listening to us are saying, you know, uh, I'm, there are areas of my life today that I have not fully given over to the Lord. And, and I need to make him Lord of all of my life. And that struggle, especially for believers, is an ongoing struggle. And that's the work of sanctifying, work of the Holy Spirit, that's is right, it not? Yeah. Where he's always prodding us and convicting us and allowing us to have, saying, Lord, I let myself get in the way. I dethroned that Herod from my life. You be the king of my life. So, so true. The flesh, that self-rule. And uh, as you listen today, it's so important to recognize that you could, you could be afraid to let Jesus be your Lord and Savior because you feel, well, that's going to take away my, my, my mind and my thinking and my, and my life. I want to live my life. Well, you know what? When he sits on the throne of your life, things fit together. Perspective comes, and his way is always better than our way. And so... The impact Christmas should have on you is not for you to cling to your, 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 your life and to hold on to your desires, but to yield that to him and to let him be Lord over your life. The innkeeper, we have to remember. <laughs> the innkeeper played such a role. I view the innkeeper. The impact that Christmas had on the innkeeper was, don't come to me with your problems. I'm too busy. I've got other priorities. Um, and, and I think at Christmas time, people can view Christmas as, it's a bit of an interruption in the business year. It's a bit of an interruption in my normal routine. And I've got other priorities. I'm going on holiday. I've got family. And I'll give the Lord a little space, you know, somewhere. Mm. But the innkeeper made, did make room. Maybe not the best room, but made room. And he, he plays a role he in does. the Christmas story. He does. And, and, and in this whole Christmas story, there are people who miss Christmas. I mean, I look back at the innkeeper and ask myself, only if he knew. Imagine if he knew. Imagine if he knew that the savior of the world is knocking on my doorstep. Only if he knew that the Messiah that every Jewish person was praying for and awaiting was right there in the womb of this pregnant woman. Only if he knew mm. And there's so many people who are so close to Jesus. Yes. But don't recognize him. Only if, if our friends who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to say to them, if you just know mm. who is knocking on your door. That's right. Who's knocking on your door? If you just know mm. that heavenly majesty is coming to you, not waiting for you to go to him, but coming to you and mm. saying, can you make room for me? Sure. Only if you knew. You know, one of the greatest tragedies that I hear from believers is, only if I knew, I would not have resisted the Lord. For so long, yeah. For so long. Because the innkeeper viewed it as a nuisance. Absolutely. All these people coming to the city for the census, and that's a nuisance. Rather yeah, than, man, what an opportunity. And he must have looked at 
this uh, man, Joseph, who was older than Mary, according to church historians, an older man, here's a woman, she is pregnant, don't know if she's on a donkey, our Christmas card, she's on a donkey. <laughs> he might be another character of the, of the Christmas right. too, the donkey. if there's a donkey there, and the camels, and so on and so forth. But he just saw them as people in distress, but there were other people with more money, with more stature, who yes. had made reservations, Yes, you know, who were ahead of them. And, and I think if only if the innkeeper knew, I, you know, I'm always intrigued by how come the Bible does not tell us the rest of the story? Yeah. Was he one of the people that he fed, that Jesus fed? Was he one of the people that Jesus touched in his life? Was he one of the people that stood in the crowd and said, that's because people knew he was Mary and Joseph's son. Everybody knew that. And don't miss Christmas in your busyness. Don't yes. miss Christmas because things are getting ahead of you. Yes. The Lord is there knocking on the door. Say yes to him. Yes. Let him in. Yes, give him room mm. in your life. I, I categorized as well as I looked at the story, and you've looked at the story, the general population. And the general population around at that time were probably not even aware. Um, I think there would have been a general sense among some that they weren't even aware of what was going on. And I think even in our world today, there's some people who have no clue of the profound significance of Christmas. This God baby coming into the world, and they are oblivious of it. They're focused on other things, rest, holidays, buying a new TV, maybe even buying a new car, uh, going overseas, all the other things. And in the background somewhere, they are oblivious of this amazing event. Louis Palau, you know, the evangelist, yes. he tells a, a, a wonderful story of a family of well-to-do. And he says they uh, were traditional people. They wanted to baptize their child. You know, the priest comes around to the house and does the whole thing. And the whole family's there, all dressed to the nines in their furs. And he says these people were super wealthy. So when everyone arrived and, you know, food was catered, they used to take their garments upstairs. You know, the, the furs and the jackets and everything put them on the bed and then go downstairs and have the whole party thing. And so this, this all went on and they were getting ready. And then finally, the, the star of the show, the child, is going to be baptized. They they can't find the child. Then someone remembers, I think I saw the child lying on a bed. Well, they go upstairs and they look on all the beds and guess where the child is? On the bed, under all the furs, under all the coats. <laughs> and uh, he, he goes on to say, the object of that day's celebration had been smothered. And I think it's so true that, mm. that at Christmas you can be so oblivious and so much eating and going on and traveling and that the general population can kind of be oblivious of this one. And, and it's our job, actually, to, that's why we're doing this today, is to uncover him mm. and reveal him so that you're not oblivious and that you can actually respond to him and receive him. Mm. You know, I'm not against the hustle and bustle. It's, it's part of it. We enjoy it. You know, and, and uh, Brenda and I are grandparents just like you. And, you know, it's just the, you, you buy gifts for uh, yes. Christmas in March, you know, mm. uh, and those kind of things. So I, I'm not against all of that. But don't lose the child. Yes, don't lose the child. Yeah. <laughs> in the hustle and bustle, mm. what is this really about? So when you go to Christmas parties or people come to your home or, or you at an office party, never ever forget 
the reason for the season. Yes. The reason for a season is not things, it's a person. Yes. And the person had uh, a plan and the person had a purpose and the person came for us so that we could live. He died for us so we could live. And I think in the hustle and bustle, keep enjoying that. Yes. But Don't never the baby. forget, yeah. there's a baby under all of yes. that. Yes, Don't lose the king, the baby under all that. I, I think um, we've touched on a lot. We can obviously touch on heaven's rejoicing mm. and the angels. And the thing I like about the fact that heaven was present, you know, when, when the shepherds had that revelation, is that God's not against Christmas celebration, which mm -mm. is what you just said. That's right. And, uh, and you know, how, how does Christmas impact us? It's a celebration. It is. And I think it's okay. And you said it that is. about the gifts. And I want to encourage you, celebrate Christmas, but keep Jesus central. Mm. Now, let's get to Simeon because we need to wrap up with this. And Simeon was an amazing man. He was deeply impacted. I mean, this, out of all the people, the wise men were deeply impacted, but he was deeply impacted. And there's a number of dimensions there. Do you want to discuss those? Yes. Simeon is an older man. Simeon obviously has uh, a prophetic gift on his life. Simeon obviously has been in contact with heaven. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit reveals to him, hey, listen, you're going to live and not die till you've seen mm. the baby, the Messiah. And one day he is, I mean, how God orchestrates that is incredible. So Mary and Joseph, the Bible says, according to the custom, went into the temple mm. to make sacrifices on behalf of the Christ child. Mm. While he, they are on their way with the baby, the three of them, the Holy Spirit speaks to Simeon. I don't know how far he lived from the temple. The Bible does not tell us. But he got himself together and he went to the temple. How, how God brings, you know, I mean, it's crazy. And I think that's going to happen in people's lives who are watching us right now. Or maybe today right in the meeting. That's right. You think you hear accidentally a relative's invited you, but there's a divine orchestration. Absolutely. Mm. And heaven is orchestrating your life. And Simeon runs into this couple with a baby. And he's looking around. And that's the only baby. And he walks up to the baby and the Holy Spirit reveals to him, this is the Christ this child. This is it. This is it. I mean, and he holds the baby in his arms. And, and he's... First of all, he's thankful. Thank you, God, for letting me live to see this baby. And then he prophesies over the parents. And this is a man who has patience to wait. This is a man who's full of hope. This is a man who's got a prophetic anointing on his life. And people watching us right now, Pastor Andre, God is speaking to them. The Holy Spirit is saying, mm. go to the temple. Mm. I've got something there for you. Mm. And if you just listen to the Holy Spirit as he's talking to you right now, your life can be totally transformed. Yes, maybe, maybe right now, if you're listening to us, God is saying to you, this is it. This is the reason for life. This is the Christ. This is the Son of God. You need to take him into your arms and embrace him. And I love what Simeon says, now I'm ready to go in peace. Yes. I'm ready to die. Yes. And you know, most of us are not ready to die because there's a fear of death, but once you embrace Jesus, then everything makes sense. You take him into your life, you worship God, and then you say, no matter what happens, I know where my eternity is. And maybe that's the impact that Christ can have on you today, the Jesus child. 
who lived, died, and rose again can come into your life and can have that impact on you today. It's, there's such beautiful meaning. It's not some fairy tale that's got irrelevance. That's right. It's completely relevant right now. That's right. And, and I think people need to maybe let Christ have an impact on them as we close our discussion today. We've got a couple of minutes before I hand over to the uh, lead pastors and to those hosting the services. Um, I, I, I thought that there's three possible ways that we could respond to Christmas. And it has an impact on us. But we, we can either respond cynically. Mm. You know, mm. just a useless tradition where people make money, you know, and mm -hmm. um, you can ignore it and, and, and you can be cynical about it. And I can't change your heart. Only God can. But then there could be graciously, which sounds wonderful because mm. it's not cynical, but it could be, well, each to his own. And I'll put up with my family, do, you know, coming to church and so on and so forth. Or we can respond responsibly Absolutely. like Simeon and say, let me take that child. I receive him. I want to be open to him. I want to worship him. I want to give him my life. I want him to sit on the throne of my life. I think that's the response we need today. Maybe you could just wrap up and, and kind of speak to our, our congregations as they listen. Give them some final thoughts here. Absolutely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, the down and the out, the Jews and the Gentiles, the rich and the poor, mm the whole and the broken, whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that means there's a prophetic fulfillment that is the dream of God's heart. And there's a prophetic fulfillment on Simon's life, Simeon's life, and the same prophetic fulfillment is for everybody who is watching us right now, Pastor yes. Andre. So if I could speak to you just for a moment and say to you, Christmas is an amazing time. I look forward to Christmas. I enjoy Christmas. I enjoy the family times. I look forward to the same socks I'm going to get from my family. <laughs> <laughs> but I so thank God that one day that prophetic fulfillment on my life was actually fulfilled. And like the innkeeper that Pastor Andre talked about, he is knocking on your door, saying, will you let me in? And may you hear his voice and say, God, this Christmas, if I'm not saved, I give my life. If I am saved and struggling with areas of my life in which Herod shows up from time to time, I dethrone Herod and sanctify myself to you. And most of all, the greatest gift a believer gives to other people is the, not a gift that you can wrap, but a gift of a person. So don't be ashamed to tell somebody about how Jesus transformed your life. You'll have many occasions to do that. Take advantage of that. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.